0: As the Orange hold off the defending national champion, they beat Clemson. The Bills make me want to shout! McCoy in the backfield, takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle! He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone! Buffalo wins! Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. radio 97.7 100.1 espn radio what's happening mohawk valley great to have you on board maybe you're listening on the espn app taking us with you wherever you go except the bathroom that's kind of gross maybe you're listening on alexa yes you tell alexa You can listen to ESPN Syracuse. The way you do that is you search ESPN Syracuse on that Alexa app. You click Enable on the ESPN Syracuse skill. And then Alexa, amongst the many wonderful things that she can do, will have you listen to this radio station. And then you can ask her for recipes. You can ask her what the capital of Montana is. I mean, Alexa knows everything. She knows all. So Alexa, play ESPN Syracuse. Here's how you get in touch with the show today, 437-7644. That's the phone number. You can always tweet me, Brent Axe Media. I was recently tweeting about the wonders of the band America. I love America. Rick Giulio, on the other hand, he hates America. Just thought I'd say that. Meow, meow, meow. Uh, You can also text the program at 288-0644. Put a 315 in front of that, of course. Lots of ways to get in touch with the show today. Now, allegedly... We are going to hear from the WFAN Meister, the Mike's App Maestro, the CBS Sports Radio, SNY, New York Sports Expert, Syracuse alum, and unfortunate Miami Dolphins fan, John Dostromsky, coming up here. The last time we were supposed to have J.J. on, J.J. got stuck on the train.
1: <laughs>
0: didn't have cell service and therefore... Um, I could have relayed some text messages he sent with some opinions, but we figured we'll just push it off till next time. And Next time is tonight with the Yankees on the brink, with the Boston Red Sox breaking out for a 16-run performance against the Yankees last night. So let's see if Brock Holt's got another cycle in him, if every member of the Red Sox lineup could come in, get a hit, knock some runs in, if they get some actual starting pitching. Rick Porcello tonight, and what could be, could be C.C. Sabathia's last appearance in a Yankee uniform. Will the Yankees send it to Game 5 at Fenway Pack, or will the Red Sox move on? So We will certainly discuss that with J.J., discuss it with you throughout the show. We didn't really get into Odell Beckham Jr. yesterday. I wanted to discuss that a little bit. Some Syracuse football trends here at the midway point. The bye week comes at the exact midway point, so we can kind of see what's trending up, what's trending down, or as we like to do with our friend Lee Baldwin, stock up, stock down, diamonds and dogs, you know, all the the comparisons. Just bring on all the stock analogies. We will do that a little later. Apparently, as you heard Seth mention in the update, the Bills have at least listened to an offer for LaShawn McCoy from the Philadelphia Eagles. What would it take for that deal to go down? Hot takes as usual. Top five Tuesday, so much to do. We'd love to hear from you. On all of it. I did want to start with uh, Odell Beckham Jr., though. Now, I want to listen to these clips. And I'm sure by now you've you've seen something, heard something, know something, particularly Giant fans about this. And when a athlete sits down and does a tell-all interview like this that the Giants did not know about, I think even Pat Hanlon of Giants PR, when he heard about the interview, didn't he tweet something like, yeah, I can't wait to see that. Right, Josina Anderson, the ESPN reporter, kind of arranged it with Odell Beckham Jr. himself. For some reason, Little Wayne was sitting there, and I think Lil Wayne got like four more tattoos in the time it took to record this interview, but that's neither here nor there. So, big uproar about it. This is what you get with Odell Beckham Jr., and you're not wrong to say a lot of these things, but now let's listen to the clips, but I just ask you, is Odell Beckham Jr. saying anything that's wrong.
1: I don't know. Like I said, I feel like he, he's not gonna get out the pocket. He's not we we know Eli's not running. But is it a matter of time issue? Can can he still throw it? Yeah, and it's been you know cool catching a shallow and trying to take it to the house, but I'm you know, I wanna I wanna go over the top of
0: somebody. That is a question that was posed to Odell. The answer there to the question, do you have a quarterback problem? I thought Josina Anderson had a very good interview great job of kind of putting odell on the spot okay you want this, you want to sit down you want to do this interview i'm not tossing you a bunch of meatballs here you're going to answer some questions here's odell beckham jr on what's holding him back as a player
1: i haven't been in the situation i haven't been in the place where i feel like i can really go out and do everything that i'm capable of doing it, i don't get 20 targets like some other receivers you so know. is it the offense is it the scheme? When you talk about you're not putting enough everything situation? at the moment, it's just everything. It's just everything. And not to say that it's not going to work, but at the moment, uh, I feel like I work entirely way too hard.
0: We'll come back to that one, okay? But just keep asking yourself this question. Giant fans are pretty emotional about this, and I would be too if I was you. If this was, you know, Calvin Benjamin or remember the Bills, you know, just kind of sitting down and airing dirty laundry, I, I don't think I'd be too thrilled about it either. I'm kind of waiting for the part where he's wrong here. A little bit more from Odell Beckham Jr., kind of explaining some frustration. I just want
1: to be able to be the very best that I can, and I don't feel like I'm given an opportunity to be the very best that I can, to bring that every single day. And and that's really all I want to do is bring that every single day. I don't want to be held back anymore. And since I've been here, yeah, I've put up numbers and records have been broken and all those good things, which not to say mean nothing to me, but I know that they could have been double or, or triple or whatever they are now. That's the, that's the part that bothers me. I want to win. I want to be great at what I do. I feel like I could score a touchdown in the first half, touchdown in the second half. Honestly, I feel like I could score every quarter Why if, yeah. if, I, if I'm given a chance, but it's not the case. So I said, oh, my God, I need to get two touchdowns a the game. 100 yards is a minimum. Like, I, my goals are set very, very high. And if I don't get to help attribute to a team's win or do anything like that, I'm not going to be okay with it, money or no money. Like, I'm just not going to be okay with that. All right.
0: So, Yeah. There was a lot of me, what I can do in there. He's not you know, adhering to the code of helping the team. But if Odell Beckham Jr. is at his best, if he's getting more targets, if he's catching more balls, if he's in the end zone more, that funnels the team. This is not shocking in any sense to know that he is a selfish player. He is about himself. He is about image. It's also fact that he's one of the most recognizable faces in the league, that the Giants just gave him a huge contract extension. They invested in him. They knew all this. They could have traded him. They could have, if the Giants really bared down here, and made it known, we're done. All offers are on the table. Something would have got done for Odell Beckham Jr. Even though these are the, this is the extra weight that he carries. I just have no sympathy for the Giants here. If you want to be angry at Odell, you have every right to be angry at Odell for kind of going off on his own here. But is it any surprise? that wide receivers feel this way. Every wide receiver feels like they deserve more targets, especially the big ones, right? It's the guys that kind of funnel that competitive edge, keep it behind the scenes, go to the offensive coordinator, go to the coach, go to somebody like, look, here's what I'm seeing out here. When you're in the film room, stop the tape, look right here. Do you see how open I am right here? That's a 20-yard gain if Eli had looked off the safety and thrown me the ball there. That's one thing. If you are sitting down and airing your dirty laundry and reacting that way, that's quite another. So, I certainly get the frustration. But I I watched that whole interview, as I always encourage you to do. It's one thing to kind of play sound bites and build my case here. Go watch the whole thing. I watched it. It was like a seven minute interview, and even that you could tell was edited down. But from what ESPN showed, first of all, it's highly amusing because Little Wayne's just sitting there for some reason the whole time. Like I don't even think Josina asked him a question. You heard him chime in there. Right, play that back.
1: That's the that's the part that bothers me. I want to win. I want to be great at what I do. I feel like I could score a touchdown in the first half, touchdown in the second half. Honestly, I feel like I can score every quarter. You hear
0: that right there? You hear that right there? That is the biggest contribution Lil Wayne made to this whole interview. Quarter. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, right. You got it. <laughs> what 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 was he doing there? Anyway. The message. Is right The method of delivery, probably not what you want to do. Especially because the Giants, and you never want a Thursday night football game to be the one that tips your season. But them's the breaks. This is where the Giants fell on the Thursday night schedule. Their season tips one way or the other based on how they do against another team in what is a pretty wretched division all of a sudden. The Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are down, the Eagles are hurting, the Eagles are struggling, but you have a little more faith, they'll find their way out of it. They'll make some moves, they'll figure things out. Carson Wentz will only get more in the rhythm and more healthy. Like We mentioned the trade that could be. They If they get LaShawn McCoy, think of coming back to Philly, he's the all-time leading rusher, comes back home, I mean, that could be a great story. I don't know if that deal is going to get done because the Bills are just so short on offense. I don't know if you want to make that trade now. But you also, as I said, throughout the Odell Beckham Jr., the summer of Odell we went through, you've got to keep your ears open. You cannot just shut it off because someone will get stupid and call you and just put a, a deal on the table that you cannot say no to. And Brandon Bean... He's batting like 600 right now with the moves he's made for this team. He hasn't hit on all of them, but I trust Brandon Bean. And he is a trusted, respected figure in the NFL. So it all kind of mixes together. You're a one and 4 football team at home on a Thursday night with the media machine cranking, Odell Beckham Jr. sound bites everywhere. And here come the Eagles. The NFC East, though. I mean, you want to talk about just toss four names in the air and see where it lands, and that's your division winner? Skins are two and two. Dallas is two and three. The Eagles are two and three. The Giants are one and four. I mean, it wasn't long ago this was the best division in football. This was a go to division. America's team. The Eagles come through last year, win the Super Bowl, but always kind of a. You know, a hot button team for their fan base and how aggressive they are, and you know Randall Cunningham and I, the things that just pop off the top of your head. And of course, the Giants are one of the more successful teams in the league. The Redskins at one time were, you know, the Hogs and the team and Joe Gibbs and three Super Bowls and let's not talk about that one they beat the Bills. But you know what I'm saying? Like this division at one time was football. Now it's a mess. It's an absolute mess. And I think the Redskins will probably come out of that probably. If I had to put money on it, I'd say the Eagles figure it out and and scratch off a 9-7 and division at this point. But my question, and we will discuss this with J.J. coming up, is will this only sink the Giants further in the hole they're in now? Or could this be a rallying cry? Could they look at this and say, you know what, I don't appreciate the way you said this, but you're wrong. We see what's happening on the film. Eli's got to get you the football. You know, we've got this wretched offensive line, Eric Flowers now. You know, here's your copy of the home game and a year supply of turtle wax. Thanks for checking in. So I think Odell Beckham Jr. has to recognize that, to be fair. He's he's not, you know, just preaching the gospel here, and we all should just like, uh huh. Say it. Now, there's other factors here about why you're not getting the football. I just hope that those frustrations were expressed other places within the four walls of the Giants complex before you just hey, just, let's sit down and talk about this. But that's what he's used to doing. That's his method. When you seek attention and you crave attention and it becomes like a drug and you know, the power of your words, you know, the New York media and how they will react to it. And at the end of the day, if you get what you want, which is more attention, maybe more targets, people like me looking at it and saying, you know, I'm not really a big fan of yours, but you're not wrong in what you're saying. I saw an article today, and people asking should the Giants trade Odell Beckham Jr. It's, what, did you see the contract they just gave him? Who's going to take that on? You had your chance to trade him before you signed him to that mega extension and made him one of the richest players in the National Football League. Okay, that ship has sailed. They invested in him. They did not draft the new quarterback. They drafted Saquon Barkley, and now they're feeling it. It's only week six, going into week six, but if you're a Giant fan right now, how confident are you that this is just a blip here and they'll they'll be fine? I mean, the benefit they have, as weird as this sounds, is that they're in a pretty bad division. So we'll talk about that with J.J. coming up right now. Back from Vegas, I'm sure a big winner, our man Lee Baldwin. On the block, Lee. How was uh, how was Vegas, man? Were you there for when the UFC fight was all hell was breaking loose? I was worried about you, man.
1: <laughs> I was there, and that was uh, that was chaos. You
0: uh, were there. You were at the fight. Uh, no, no, but oh, I was in, in the Vegas. town, and it was oh, uh, okay. it was
1: pretty wild. Uh, I saw a couple of old SU football players. I was out there. Remember Joe Burton and PJ Alexander? I do. Absolutely. I thought you might.
0: Very cool. Well, yeah. We hope they're doing well out there. They're
1: doing great. Yeah, Excellent.
0: Who's, who's doing well on uh, the stock market today?
1: Today we had Starbucks as our diamond uh, up 2% after a, uh, a big Wall Street shark uh, bought over 1% of it. So we we're watching our coffee today.
0: You know what? Uh, I like to support my local coffee shops, too, but I, I think a, a small percentage of that is thanks to me, Lee. <laughs> I'm just saying.
1: Uh, You have to be wealthy to go to Starbucks. (laughs) My dad used to call it four bucks.
0: You going to four bucks today? So uh, a lot of four bucks being spent because they're they're our diamond today.
1: And our dog, quickly, American Airlines. We got another hurricane heading up the Gulf Coast, and so airline stocks usually fall, and they're down about 6% today. So that's what I got for you.
0: Very good, Lee. Thank you, sir. That's Lee Baldwin. You can find him on LeeBaldwin.com. He's got offices in CAS, in Utica, we're glad he got out of Vegas okay Didn't, you know, partake in that UFC brawl Lee can throw down though, I'll tell you that much If he was there, he would have held his own We'll break on that note Allegedly, if he's not on the train Or something, you know, crazy Like Mike Frances's app John Jaskremsky, our boy WFAN, coming up, stay right there This is On the Block With Brent Axe Oh man, that's garbage Cut that off Ugh, why is that even in the '80s bump? Ugh, I'm not gonna put that in the people's heads for the rest of the day. Let's 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 see if the regular bumps got something better. This is on the block with Brent Ax. Certainly better than putting on the Ritz, which is like every song ever recorded, like the great band America. Now that's a band, right there. Is your tuesday my anniversary happy anniversary honey god bless that woman for being married to me for 14 years and knowing me for 18 she does she deserves a medal is what she deserves but she'll have to just do with some flowers for now and happy anniversary to my lovely bride hope you're having a great tuesday Uh, I want to get into some Syracuse football trending up, trending down uh, here at the Midway Point, which we will do. But as you heard Seth mention in the update, a little bit of uh, Syracuse basketball-related news. Joe Girard III is announcing where he will play on Sunday night. He is having a press conference at the lovely Queensbury Hotel. I have been there. It's a very nice place. In Glens Falls. And he's down to Boston College, Duke, Michigan, Notre Dame, Penn State, Syracuse. Sunday night, 7 o'clock, the all-time leading scorer in New York State history, Gerard, who averaged 50 points per game, entering his senior year with a total of 3,306 picks, uh, 3,306 Points, pardon me, named the 2018 Gatorade New York Boys Basketball Player of the Year, uh, three-time first-team All-State guy. Look, he's he's really good. And I've said this a couple times on the air. I'll just reiterate it here because his name's back out there and we'll be on Gerard Watch through the week. I went with my colleague and friend, Mike Waters, out to Glens Falls a couple months ago. We spent the day with Joe and his family, his girlfriend, his mom, a bunch of people up there. I've uh, gone to that kind of Glens Falls, Queensbury area a bunch of times, and and I love it when I get the opportunity to go back there. It's a great community, great people. And Joe has eclipsed not only the New York State record for scoring, which was once held by Lance Stevenson and still has his senior year to just put that record darn near unreachable. He has eclipsed Jimmer Fredette's record. In Glens Falls, like you name it, he's probably beaten it, and if he hasn't, he will this year. And what we got the chance to see over the summer in a very hot gym <laughs> at Adirondack Community College was Jimmer Fredette and Joe Girard III had a workout. Now they're both very busy people, especially Jimmer Fredette is all over the world. Like I, here's a guy who plays in China professionally, by the way, which some people were, you know, saying Chris McCullough, air quotes, made a mistake by not staying an extra year or two at Syracuse, and now he's in China. I mean, how dare the guy go get paid to be a professional basketball player? Well, so is Jimmer Fredette, by the way. And Jimmer Fredette's about as pure a shooter as I've ever seen. So this whole, like, you ended up in Europe, therefore you failed as a basketball player or China or something. It's just inherently ridiculous. But that's a whole different topic for a different day. If you did not know who Jimmer Fredette was and did not know who Joe, Joe Gerard III was, and you walked into this gym, you would not notice a big difference in terms of how good they are, their shooting strokes, their mechanics. You'd notice the age difference, certainly. like. But if you could somehow like blind you to that, like you, you saw him from a distance, you only saw him shooting the basketball, going around the three-point line, doing the drills that NBA teams do, there was not much separation between these two. I mean, Gerard, I just tweeted out the video that I worked on when we went to see him in Glens Falls, and there's some footage in there of Joe shooting the ball. It is as crisp a three-point shooting stroke as you will see in someone his age. Now think about coming here, working with Jerry McNamara, who hit a few threes in his day, on that rounding off the edges, getting used to the college game, you know, all those things you have to do. Joe is also a standout high school football quarterback at Glens Falls. He has school records as the all-time leading uh, total Passing yards, single-game passing yards, pass completions, touchdown passes, total points scored. He's a member of the National Honor Society. He volunteers locally. He's just a good kid. So I don't want to go all in on this and say, boy, Syracuse would totally, like, drop the ball or something in that sense if they didn't get him. The fact that they're in the mix for him is enough for me. Where he goes is his decision, what he's comfortable with. He's kept it very close to the vest. He hasn't tipped it one way or the other. He took officials to Boston College in Syracuse. He took unofficial visits to the other campuses. I think wherever he goes, he'll certainly be there for a few years. He'll be a, just a rock-solid contributor. You want somebody like that on on your team. Now, Syracuse has some shooters now. Buddy Beheim comes to mind who's now in this team that kind of has that specific role. They have more guys that can hit the three. I think this is a more balanced team. And in some early interviews, Media Day's Friday, and I'm sure Jim Beheim will reiterate this point then, he's really trying to downplay this whole we've got five returning starters thing. And he makes a good point to say it doesn't matter if we have five players back that are the same as they were last year because as much as that is five starters back from a Sweet 16 team, Jim makes a good point to say, well, think how many games they won during the regular season, how much of a battle it was just to get to the tournament. Syracuse was the consummate team of just get them there, find the right rhythm when you got there, and they found themselves in the Sweet 16 and actually played a pretty competitive game against Duke in that Sweet 16. But getting there was not easy, and then you had players leave the team, and you had injuries, and you had a rotation that had Tyus Battle, Frank Howard, and O'Shea Brissett, all pretty much playing 40 minutes a game. But look, this team, you would think, will get better. They are deeper. They, you know, you name it, they have it on that team in some capacity. They're not all finished products, by no means. But it's interesting the different approaches you take because, you know, Jim wasn't shy a couple years ago about saying that he felt he had a team that could be one of his best ever. Now Jim is always careful to attach some sort of word like that could be, you know, potentially might be. It's not like this is the best team I've ever had, flat out. Period. We're going undefeated. No, he doesn't do that. I get why he's trying to downplay this team, because they do need to be hungry to improve. They do need to take a step forward. But look, I think if you get Jim alone on a mountaintop, as competitive as he is, as much he wants to coach these guys up, you have a deep team. You have five starters back from a Sweet 16 team. How many top 25 programs can say that in the one-and-done era? You have players that all have the upside to take that next step. Highest Battle is not a finished product, therefore why he came back to Syracuse and didn't stay in the draft. I think he's hungry to improve, knows what he has to do to improve as a player. He went through the NBA draft process. Short of an injury, I don't see how he doesn't get better. O'Shea Brissett is dripping with potential, and we saw it last year. Frank Howard not only should improve as a player, but should improve as a leader, should improve basketball-wise, having that experience. Now you add in the younger players, and they've got to get used to things, and you know, Jalen Carey is a talent you can't keep off the court, but a lot of things do have to come together. But if I'm a coach, I want that problem because I have a really good problem. I've got Pascal and Barama healthy. Everywhere I look, I've got an answer. So it is those things you've got to work on. Desire, chemistry, knowing where to be, defense. This is a team that was dedicated to defense, rode its hunger on defense, knew where, you know, They their bread was buttered. You don't just hit a reset button and say, okay, new season, now go do that again. So I understand trying to, like, hey, listen, just because we got five starters back, we have all these players, doesn't mean we're going to go out there and win 25 games. But you've got the roster to do it. If you can add Joe Girard to it next year, in what is a class of 2019 that's got Bryson Goodine that just signed a player this week that we talked to Mike McAllister about, and you can, if you can add Joe Girard third to that, I mean, that kid just doesn't miss. It was incredible to sit there and watch him up close. It's one thing to see highlights. It's one thing to even go to a game, but to just see the, the mechanics of that three-point shot. It, it was a sight to see. It was, you know, and he what he brings to the table is, you can tell that this guy works on his game. Has that, and John uh, Jock is the other guy I wanted to mention. I was forgetting 2019 center commitment, John Bola Jock. I was forgetting his name, pardon me for that. So you've got two commitments in the class of 2019, a 6'11 center. You've got Bryson Goodine. If you can add Joe Girard to that, giddy up. The train just keeps on moving here. All right, I do need to get to a break. Didn't mean to talk that much hoops there, but, you know, who's complaining? I do want to talk some Syracuse football trending up, trending down here at the midway point. So we'll do that on the other side. If you want to talk some hoops, I'm not going to say no to that. You're on the block, ESPN Radio. Happy Tuesday, everybody. We're back after this. Thank you.
1: Bye-bye.